0: Hello everyone, welcome to Next Generation Saints I'm your host, Nick Koons So a lot has been happening in the last few weeks Since I've been with you on this channel We've sat down and been able to listen to each other Or I should say, you listen and I talk And some things have crossed my mind And I thought I'd go ahead and share them with you So a few weeks ago I, I live over in a condo complex, and there's a um, community pool. And I usually go over there to go swimming because, you know, someone you, you needs to stay in shape or try and at least appear like you're trying to stay in shape during these times of quarantine. Um, So I was over there swimming around. And, you know, like I said, it's a community pool. So you meet people, your neighbors, or people from different buildings who show up there. Well, as I'm sitting there... Well, not really sitting, but swimming around. You know what I'm talking about. Um, This couple come in, and they just starts they start talking and whatnot. Some friends of theirs join. Turns out to be like a family get together, and they started. Of course, it was about a graduation from GCU, Grand Canyon University. And I was like, you know, I'm right there. You know, they see me. I said, well, congratulations on graduating GCU. You know. Fantastic! You know, great job. It was a group of college students, and one of the college students' parents were there, and it was like a good time all around. And so I'm sitting around there, and they're trying, they're trying to talk to me, and we're kind of conversing amongst each other, but they kind of include me in the conversation, and I'm just mostly just listening. I don't usually try to interject conversation immediately. I try to see where people are coming from, to you know, basically know. Kind of, you know, get the feel of the water, so to speak, (laughs) and pun included, you know. Anyways, I digress. So as I'm listening to this, the conversation goes somewhat political and starts turning that direction more and more. And turns out one of them was a political science major who just graduated. And so I'm listening to him talk. The more I listened the more it was interesting to me. Um, this one gal had gotten out of college, and she was now a hardcore Democrat. Her family was disappointed at that, but had basically decided not to bring up any of those points during this celebratory time. Understandable, I'd been in that position myself. And so I'm listening to them talking about, you know, whatnot, and finally it comes down to, you know, I basically kind of voice my opinion because I know about guns, and I know about different kinds of stuff, and, and they said, you sound like one of our old friends from college who's a Republican. And I said, well, I said, I, I do identify with them far more in the conservative angle versus the de- Democrat side, And I have my issues I've already talked about. But then I started listening to, you know, what, what this one gal who is Democrat. She already said that I'm, I'm a Democrat. Nothing can change my mind. So it it perked my interest. Being a Christian apologist, I always like to talk to people and kind of debate people who say straight up, you can't change my mind. But I'm not going to debate them to turn them to becoming a Republican or changing their political affiliation. But it's more of a, okay, so can you explain to me your position, why you have it? And it switched over to, say, what the Democrats did. This, this gal talked about how Democrats stand for women's rights. I said, what kind of rights? And they go, well, the right to an abortion, Right. And so instead of going to the abortion thing, I hung on there for a second. I said, okay, what are rights? Seems like a very straightforward question. The Constitution guarantees certain inalienable rights. But the question is, what are these rights? Right? What are they? Where do they come from? So I pressed her on this. I said, what are rights? She tells me, well, in essence, rights are given by the government to the people. And the government needs to recognize our rights. I go, okay, so rights are given by the government. Why do they need to recognize rights? Like, what exactly? And I try to press forward more. And what it boiled down to was she was a typical Democrat. The government needs to recognize our rights, our God given rights. The government needs to get bigger. And that government gives us our rights. I said, okay. I said, I understand that. I said, so if someone were running for political office, you would want them to give you your rights? And she said, yeah, of course I would. And I said, okay, understandable. She goes, what about you? You're obviously Republican conservative. I go, well, I said, I'm a... Conservative constitutionalist When it comes down to political ideology But I'm, I'm a Christian first and foremost That's where my Political ideology stems from And she goes, okay Don't you want a politician To run for office who would, That will give you your rights And I thought for a moment And I said, no I said, no, I would not She looked at me all bamboozled Like, what the what? Why wouldn't you want that? Why won't you want a politician who give you your rights? And I sat a thought there for a second. I said, because, and I said, let, let me put this way. Let's say I'm running for president of the United States. She says, okay, I go, I am not good. And you say, well, are you going to give me your rights? And I'm going to tell you, no, I'm not going to give you your rights. And she seemed kind of shocked. I said, well, let, let me finish my thoughts here. I will never give you your rights whatsoever if I ran for office. I know you first hear this on this podcast and go, holy mackerel, what is he doing? But listen, I would never, ever give you your rights because that is not my authority to do so. Just like your worth, right? Your intrinsic value and worth is given to you by God. I do not have the authority to give you your rights. Your rights have already been given to you by God. He has the authority to to give you your rights at all times. That's what the constitution talks about. Certain inalienable rights, <clears throat> excuse me, given to you by your creator, by God, not by man, not by a government, by God. I would never give it to you because I cannot under my own authority nor government on this earth can give you through their authority your rights. Those are by God. My job, if I was running for political office, is to recognize your inal- your, um, your God-given rights and your value according to what God has given to you. And my job is to protect it. That's it. I can't give you your rights. And this gal was kind of caught off guard. Like what? I go. It's a. It's the way the Constitution and Declaration was written. The Declaration of Independence never said government has the authority to give you rights. Government is going to give you all of these different rights and privileges. The government doesn't do that. It's clear God has given you your rights: life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, or if you want to go to life, liberty, and uh, property. But government has no authority to give you rights because it's not their prerogative. It's not their place to do it. They have no authority here on heaven uh, or on earth or in heaven. God is the only one who does that. I said, so I go, I look at her and I say, why are you demanding that these, these men and women, elected leaders, give you something If they can give something to you, they have the authority to take it away from you. Like if you're living in your home, right? Your parents can give you something, but they have the authority to take it away from you as well. Simply put. So that's why I was like, Democrats, at least it seems, the people on the political left, who do not recognize God. For the lo- for the large majority of them, do not recognize God. They believe government is their God. That government determines rights and privileges. That government is the one you need to run to at all times to get something or to protect you or whatever. It is not now. Government does have abilities to protect, but our Constitution makes it clear it is very limited power. We've gone very far away from the Constitution, by the way. Many politicians will stand up and say, I will swear to uphold the Constitution. It's lip credit. We all know that. You listen to a lot of politician. You know, they, make, they go for political office, whatever office it may be. And 98% of the time, they're going to give you a bunch of um, bullhunky talk about, I will defend your rights and I promise you this and promise you that, right? and They fulfill one, two things. The rest of it, they don't even try. So that's what I mean by this whole idea of rights and liberties. They're not given by government to you. You already have them. It is the government's job to simply recognize it. Not to mention, the government is not supposed to have much power over anything. At all. You read the Constitution. I've had times where I've read it and I've actually been talking about the Constitution, about what it says. And saying I align myself with it. And then when I start talking about it, there are people that are politically to the left. Who go, you sound like a far right winger, right? Like you hear on the news. You're a far right winger. (laughs) Almost like that's an insult. And I go, no, I'm a conservative constitutionalist who is a Christian first and foremost. I'm reading a document, a historical document and I'm aligning myself a lot with the ideologies of the historical document. Ultimately, my uh, my my allegiance lies with the gospel and the Bible. But I do align myself very strongly with this constitution because it is so cer- certain about ideologies I hold dear of very limited government, liberty, worshiping of God, the ability um, for you to pursue your happiness as long as you're infringing on other people's liberties as well so excuse me i look at this and go p is that's the question i always brought i even brought up to this gal over at the pool was okay and her husband was right there and we're all talking about this and he he sides more with me but i guess for some reason they decide and i don't really talk too much about this stuff Eh, that's that's okay you know it's different it's strange to me because i i'm very vocal about it with my wife but at the same time and we, we share very much the same ideologies together. Not everything perfectly clicks, but a large majority of it does. But it was interesting to see how so apparently at schools where they teach about how government is, you need, you need government in order to survive. You need, you, you need to have bigger government. Being a Democrat's the best way to go. And I really look at it and go, what we need to do is focus on Christ. Christ needs to be the first and foremost. Remember in the Bible, it says, um, put God first and everything else follows. We need to put God in the very first slot, right? Put Christ first in everything we do. That's in our personal lives and in our government. Now, I'm not saying I'm in the perfect person here. And I certainly have fallen short of doing what Christ has said on this area because we're all sinners. But here's what I'm preaching to to myself and to you. We need to go back to the original principle here of putting Christ in the center of our country. I'm not saying having one Christian church, like one denomination ruling over all of the United States, like the Roman Catholic Church did in England. Not whatsoever. But the principles of faith in Christ, the biblical principles of faith in Christ, should be governing over the United States of America. If we had that happening, and the Ten Commandments were in in play, where we didn't falsely accuse our neighbor, where we loved each other, where we didn't murder, uh, uh, steal from each other, we did not covet our neighbor's things, we did those principles. I'm not talking about Leviticus Numbers and Deuteronomy, which is where many people I've talked to will go, well, if we had Christian faith, what about... Killing gays and doing blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, first of all, those aren't the Ten Commandments. Second of all, that's the legislation of Israel, right? That's a, that's where things have changed throughout the years because it's just legislation God puts out in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It's not set in stone. Just things that were set in stone were literally carved in stone, the Ten Commandments. But I digress. We go and we have Jesus Christ in the center of our lives, in the center of our country. And we focus on that; everything else will follow. It just kind of—it does scare me when I hear many college students coming out going, "We need to have bigger government. We need to have this in government. Why does government give this and government do that?" I remember I listened to Bernie Sanders, <clears throat> and he comes out and goes, "Health care should be rights. Um, college should be tuition free. It's a right. This is a right. This is a right." And he goes, and I remember asking one of his supporters one time the same question: "Where do rights come from?" And they all said the same thing. It, what what scares me to a large extent is the fact that it seems like in our universities now, they're teaching that government gives you rights. Government is the one that supplies you rights. Government, 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 government. You know, almost, And they're putting government above God. And then you say, well, what about the church? What about Jesus Christ? Well, we like to have separation of church and state. And I remember actually bringing that up at the pool. And this gal said the same thing, separation of church and state. And I go... Are you talking about the letter or are you talking about the Constitution? And she goes, Well the Constitution. I go, the Constitution of the United States. She's like, Yeah. I go. The where is it in the Constitution? She goes, Well, it's in there. I go, can you point it out to me? And she starts get aggravated. I go, Okay, look, I'm not trying to get you aggravated about this. I'll give you the answer. It's not in the Constitution. You're talking about a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Puritans. That when the Puritans were coming over to America, <clears throat> this new land they had discovered, well, had heard about, and was getting good titles, you know, good headlines around, they were concerned if they came over from America, they might receive the same persecution they did from the Church of England. And Thomas Jefferson said, no, you wouldn't have that. We do have a separation of church and state where the government will not dictate to you how you wish to practice your religion. If you want to come here and, and every Sunday night at midnight go out and pray to Jesus Christ or to pray to God in your own particular way and worship God in that sense, go for it. Separation of church and state in that fashion. Because not one church is going to, de- not, not one determine, uh, denomination will determine the fate of the entire country. So, so it's premised off of what the Roman Catholic Church was in England, Right? The Roman Catholic Church had profound influence over, on it, right? Pretty much, the Roman Catholic Church was the king. They had a monarch king, but more like a figurehead than anything else, and it was really the church that dominated over everything. So, that's why I said, you know, we're not going to have that happen here. So, I pointed out that that was a letter from Thomas Jefferson to the Puritans, and that there is no separation of church and state in the Constitution. And of course, this gal's getting got all flustered. What? Like when I go, I don't know who you're listening to. And of course, when she said, "The Young Turks." I was like, "Oh, good lord, <laughs> goodness gracious!" These people, the Young Turks, and I'm just going to say this about them: chink, calm down, you're going to blow a blood vessel. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and I'm I'm not trying to call them out or anything, but I just think it's funny when I listen to him and go. Of course. They should make a t-shirt about that sometime. I think that'd be kind of funny, but I also think they have dirty mouths like crazy and cuss up a storm and you know Google it. Wow, anywho I digress again, I apologize, but i I was just looking at going, why don't we ever just have the Christian church as in the true church, the followers of Jesus Christ, the biblical followers of Jesus Christ, why don't we just go back to the principles of this? It's so crazy because I, I listen on the news about, oh my gosh, this destruction, this and that, and the families are falling apart and all these horrible things. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm going, well, um, I got the answer for you, buddy. You want to put Jesus Christ back into the mix. We don't want religion. I didn't say I wanted a church like a Roman Catholic church or any particular church. I said Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the son of God, the son of man, not a religion, a person. God in human form, and so it was it was interesting not that conversation, but it, it just it was that moment of realizing that when they asked well would again, going back to the main point, <clears throat> excuse me about how our right about what our rights are and that government would why doesn't government give our rights and ultimately telling you. Government doesn't give you your rights. They never are not supposed to. They can't. They can practice God all day, but at the end of the day, they're a false God. They cannot give you those because that's not their prerogative. It's not their thing. They love government and man will always love to play God. Every second of every day, we do that in our daily lives. You're an atheist. They'll do it. You run. Excuse me. You run into agnostics, they'll do it every person, including yours truly, has tried to play God at one time or another. Why? It's nice to play God. (laughs) Mel Brooks, it's good to be the king. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's good to be the king. Of course it is. It's fun. It's fantastic. It's like sin. It's like when they go, sin's bad. That's true. Well, people shouldn't sin, right? Sin's not good, right? But it's fun. Well, no, it's not. It's like, it is. It feels great to sin. Why? Because if it didn't feel good, no one would do it. Sin's wrong. We should never do sin. But we all fall short of the glory of God. So, again, I know I'm just kind of rambling here and there on different parts where my brain's kind of going to, but it scares me the most that so much of the students coming out of universities and colleges are being taught Government is practically God at this point. God, you know, Government is God. We need to go back to the principles of government is not God. Government is a necessary evil institution that we must have in place so we do not have anarchy. But our government is very small and can't do a whole lot for you. You need to be self-sufficient. Government's job is to recognize the rights that God has bestowed upon you already. And the government's job is to recognize those rights and to defend them. That's it. Not give you free college. Not give you a hug. Not a pat on the butt. Even though it seems pretty weird. Not anything like that. Your its job is to go, hey, God gave this guy rights. All right, well, going to recognize him. And as soon as your government starts doing otherwise, call him out. Hey, dude, that's not your position to be in. Well, I'm going to give you this right and this right and this right, and be like, that's not your position to do that either. Well, why not? Because God bestows our rights, not you. No one from public office does. You're just a man. You're just a woman. You're just flesh and blood. You cut. You get cut. You bleed red blood just like me. So it was just, anyways. It was one of those positions i listened to and i was like wow and of course i got this uh, girl who's very strong democrat very frustrated about it i personally don't see how it's a frustration and she was like no no i'm gonna stay in my position i and the last part of this conversation i had with her and her husband was i told her look i'm not trying to change your position in your mind i'm not sitting here going you got to convert you got to change you got to do this and that no what I'm simply stating is, this is the position from what I've read, this is one position I've seen, and this is what I, I solely believe. And I'm not going to try to change your mind on it, but explain my position. You don't have to change your mind. But I would hope that you're open-minded enough to listen. Again, and last but not least here, guys, and this is the closing thoughts here. Uh, well, two closing thoughts. Open-mindedness. Doesn't mean you have to agree with what I'm saying. I don't have to agree with what you're thinking or saying either. Open-mindedness is the same thing as tolerance. Able to listen and grasp and understand the opposing viewpoints of your opinion or your ideology. That doesn't mean you have to agree. Finally, last but not least. The biggest one again is we need to put Jesus Christ back at the center of our country. Prayers in schools, prayers in government. It's not a bad idea. If it's like not inclusive enough, well, rethink what you mean by inclusive. Are you being so trying to be so inclusive that you have to be exclusive in order to be inclusive? Think about that for a second. Think very hard about that. Do we have moments right now where people are demanding for inclusivity and they're demanding so much inclusivity that they're being exclusive about their inclusiveness? Inclusivity where you can <clears throat> be a universalist? Be somebody who believes that, you know, or um, humanist or whatever, where everything is okay, that you have to be everything is correct? Right, But then when you have prayers to Christ, we have to exclude you from this. Does your inclusiveness make you exclusive to all inclusiveness? We need to bring Jesus back. I believe he is here. We just have to go back towards him. I think we just got off the beaten trail. We kind of walked a few miles away. Christ is still right there waiting for us. All we got to do is take a step back, look at the same direction we just came from, walk it, and he'll be right where we left him. Or we can call out to him and he can come find us and lead us right back to the path that we're supposed to be on. Remember, narrow is the righteous path. Narrow is the path that leads us to heaven. Wide is the path that leads us to hell. Let's go down the narrow path to save our country and ourselves. And put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And let's not go on a big, wide path that leads us to destruction and hell. So with that, I wish to tell you, God bless you all. And until next time we meet again, may God richly bless all of you, my dearly beloved.